Welcome to another episode of the Velocity Cast. I hope you're all having a fantastic week. This week, I want to talk about communication, which is an incredibly important topic that is extremely nuanced. And it's something where we often get it wrong or don't entirely understand the extent to which certain things can affect our ability to communicate for good or for bad. And so I want to specifically focus on ways to ensure that we have a or gain a deeper connection with those we communicate with. So this can be personal, obviously, if you're having an important conversation with someone you care about. You want to make sure that that message is received properly, that you are uh, understanding what they are saying in response, that you're able to to create that proper channel of back and forth. But this also applies equally to professional scenarios. So if you are trying to convince your team at work of a viewpoint or of some data, if you are trying to advocate for a specific situation at work, if you're trying to speak to your boss about something important, maybe you're asking for a promotion or you want to change departments or teams. All of these scenarios require us to communicate effectively. And there are so many situations that I have observed with people I've worked with, with friends, family. There are so many situations I have personally been involved in where if I had simply followed these rules a little bit more, uh, my message would have been relayed in a more effective manner. It would have been received in a more effective manner. And effective communication allows us to more deeply connect with those in our life. It allows us to genuinely interact with people in our life. It allows them to see things and receive messages in the way that we intend them, which, you know, you'd be surprised at the number of times that someone believes that they have said something a certain way and don't realize that it was perceived in an entirely different manner by the person that they're talking to. So there's a few key steps when it comes to communication strategies that I think can improve your ability to relay a proper message to someone you're interacting with. This can also allow you to better receive messages. So overall, we're talking about things that will improve the health of the conversation in both directions. So the first is, this is something that I talk about often, and it's one of the simpler strategies is to maximize variables. So think about how many variables are involved in communication. You have the message itself, you have the tone of voice, you have the you know stylistic uh, element of the message. So if you're sending a text or an email, you can speak in proper formal English, you can speak in more uh, colloqu colloquial speech, more casual speech, right? Uh, the same can happen when you're speaking in person or when you're on the phone with somebody, but then you get tone of voice, you get body language if you're speaking in person. So what is what is your body language saying or what are you doing while you are relaying the message? So we want to maximize the number of variables when we want our message to be received as closely as possible to our intention. So think about the following. Let's say you have to deliver bad news to someone you care about, right? Let's say, we'll use the work example. Let's say you have to, unfortunately, let one of your employees go. If you do so over a text message, that comes across as cold-hearted, as not caring, as you know, very impersonal. A phone call in that situation would be better so that the person in question can hear your tone of voice, 
let's say it's somebody you don't want to let go. Let's say, obviously, we've just been through and, and kind of are coming out of hopefully the other side of, of a uh, questionable economic period of time, right? A lot of people have been struggling. A lot of companies have had to lay employees off. So let's say this is an employee that you care about and you do not want to have to let them go, but the you know higher ups or the C-suite has dictated that you do so. If you give this person a phone call, they can hear in your tone of voice that you are upset about this, that you do not want to do this. And that little bit of empathy that they can sense from you when they are hearing your voice makes that message land just a little bit softer. They're likely still going to be obviously upset that they are being let go, but if they can feel the empathy from you because of that phone call, then they are going to be more likely to receive the message in the way that you intend. Because clearly you don't want to just say, ah, you're fired, see you later. But if you send that message in a text or an email, that can be how it's perceived. I'm sure there are a number of times that you can point to, I know this happens to me all the time, where either you have sent a text that has been misunderstood or you receive a text where you misunderstood the text. The, the, you know, this is kind of a funny example, but the, you know, when you send somebody like a long message and they respond with, K, right? Just the letter K. Almost always you assume that that person's being passive aggressive and that they're mad at you. Sometimes, and I've learned this with some people I talk to regularly, they just literally don't like texting or sending long messages. So a K from that person is likely not passive aggressive at all. They likely mean nothing by it, but it's very easy to read into that. So let's take this example one step further. So you have to let one of your employees go. You are not happy about it. You wish you didn't have to do it. But let's say you then, and this is really what you should do for any important message, if at all possible, is let's say you deliver this message in person. Now, a lot of people avoid this because it is uncomfortable sometimes to deliver bad news in person. So they resort to either a phone call or this is where some people resort to a text or an email because they don't wanna deal with the discomfort. But you have to respect the conversation enough to be willing to be uncomfortable in order to relay the message properly. So now let's say you are this boss who needs to let an employee go. You're sitting in your office. Maybe you sit at a smaller table with them so you're not you know, directly across from them at the desk and kind of uh, creating that power dynamic. So maybe you sit down near them or next to them you lean in a little bit or kind of turn your body towards them to create open body language so that they understand that you're trying to be tender or caring in that moment. On your face, you can see the expression or they can see the expression that you're pained to deliver the message that you're about to deliver. You don't really want to, but you have to. And then you proceed to be empathetic, to speak with the same tone of voice as you would have on the phone and say, you know, let them see and understand that despite the fact that you have to do this, you aren't happy about it and you feel bad to have to deliver that news. In that scenario, while the person in question is likely still going to be upset about the news, all of those variables are going to make the conversation go way different than if you just simply send a text. So when it comes to communicating effectively, you have to think about maximizing the number of variables. And in some instances, it, this isn't necessary, right? Like if you're just saying, hey, what do you, uh, you, know, what do you want at the store? or whatever, like that can be a text message. That doesn't necessarily need to be an in-person conversation, although it certainly can be. But the point is, there is a direct correlation to the number of variables required and the importance of the conversation. 
So if the conversation or the subject matter is something that is important or potentially sensitive, then you want to maximize the variables in order to deliver that message properly. If it's something, you know, simple or small, then cool. Text message is fine. Email is fine. Whatever. That's totally okay. Now, when you're actually talking to somebody in person, you want to focus on making what we'll call strategic eye contact. And so eye contact has two phases. One when you are speaking and one when you are listening. When you are speaking, it's natural to let your eyes wander a little bit as if you're thinking, right? You don't want to be, if you stare somebody in the face the entire time that you're speaking to them, that's a little bit serial killer-esque. And I think it's going to be rather off-putting for the people you're talking to. So letting your eyes wander a little bit as you're in thought, as you're, you're you know, talking, whatever. And, you know, coming back and checking in, that's a very natural cadence for eye contact. But on the flip side... When someone is speaking to you, you want to try to maintain eye contact the entire time you're listening. Because while it could be creepy for you to stare at somebody while you're talking to them the whole time, when they are speaking to you, that eye contact creates a connection and lets them know that you are listening and you are paying attention to them. So eye contact the entire time someone is speaking to you is incredibly important. You can let your eyes wander when you are speaking, but when you're listening, try to stay fixed on that individual. Now, another element of this and an extension of this is when we are listening, you want to focus on listening to understand, not listening to respond. So if someone is speaking to you, your goal is to try to take in that information as accurately as possible. So instead of thinking about what you're going to say next or how you're going to respond to what this individual just said, what you should focus on is taking in that message or that information in the best way possible. So maintaining eye contact while they're speaking to you, making sure that you are giving them your full and undivided attention. Your phone should not be anywhere involved in this situation. It shouldn't even be on the table, even if it's face down, because if that phone is out, the person who's talking to you instinctively feels as if you don't care. You also want to make sure you're maintaining open body posture or open body language. So turning towards them instead of turning to the side. So listening to understand. And now a trick you can do here is try to repeat what they just said or summarize what they just said and maybe ask a clarifying question. So if somebody tells you a story or kind of explains something that happened at work, then you can, when they finish speaking, say, okay, so let me get this straight. What you're saying is X. So you're trying to understand what they're saying, and you can ask a clarifying question to make sure that you understood one of the points. Now, even if you think you have a pretty good handle on what they said, sometimes rephrasing it, repeating it back, or just asking a quick question, even if you think you know the answer, one, you may find that you didn't understand what you thought you did, but two, it just reinforces that you are taking this conversation seriously and that you respect the person you're talking to. So even if it seems like a small extra step, it is worth it because it will make the individual you're interacting with feel respected, heard, and appreciated. And that goes a long way in building rapport when you're communicating with somebody, especially if it's somebody you have to communicate with regularly. Lastly, and this one is important, when you deliver a message, you want to ensure proper delivery. 
you can think that you did all of these things right. You can think you maintained eye contact an appropriate amount. You had good body posture, good body language. You, you know, you delivered the message in a way that you thought made sense. Even if you do everything right, there is still a possibility that your message will be received improperly because communication is two-sided. It requires all of these things on the side of the person giving the message or saying the thing. But then that message needs to be deciphered, received and deciphered by the person who is receiving that message. So you could be speaking to somebody and think that you're being clear about something, but when that message gets to them, they then need to interpret that for themselves and they need to understand what you're saying. And even if you've done everything right, there's still a lot of opportunity for that message to be misinterpreted, for things to get jumbled up, for them to maybe not pay attention for a quick second and not hear something. So follow up at the end of a conversation, especially if it's important. And this, this happens a lot with, uh, with spouses, right? Where someone can swear that they said something a certain way, but the other person swears that they heard something different. So just take the extra step when you say something or when you finish communicating with somebody to make sure that they heard things in the way that you meant for them to be heard. Say, did that make sense? Or do you understand what I'm saying? Or do you have any questions about that? Or, you know, did the way that I say that work for you? Just take that extra second to validate that the person in question received the message as you intended it to be received instead of assuming that that's the case. Because a lot of times assumptions in conversation is where the problems arise. And it's also what causes frustration and argument because people don't realize that their messages can be misinterpreted and they assume that the other person wasn't paying attention if they heard something different. And then people get defensive and they're like, well, this person wasn't paying attention. Clearly they don't know what's going on. And that leads to arguments. It leads to further communication breakdowns. It leads to situations where two people can assume something and never talk to clarify and then become mortal enemies at work, right? I've seen instances where people hold grudges where, you know, they misinterpreted a text message that somebody sent. And instead of bringing it up with them and trying to make sure that they understood properly what that person was saying, they just hold the grudge and assume that that person was mad at them. They get defensive and then they never want to speak to that individual. I'm sure you can point to examples in your family or in your friend groups where something like this has happened, where as soon as the two parties in question actually address the elephant in the room and talk about it, they realize how silly it is. But it's very easy to hold on to those moments. And one simple communication breakdown can cause massive rifts between people, professionally, personally, all over the place. So when it comes to communication, right, as a quick review, try to maximize the number of variables, right? Give important messages in person. The more important, the more sensitive the message, the more variables you need to make sure it's received properly. From there, make strategic eye contact. When you're listening, full eye contact. When you're speaking, you can let your eyes wander, but always bring them back. From there, we want to listen to understand, not listen to respond. Ask clarifying questions. Make sure you heard things properly. And then when you are the speaker, the last step is ensure proper delivery. Make sure your message has been received in the way that you intended it to be received. If you can do these simple things, you will massively improve your ability to communicate with others. And that alone will improve your relationships personally and professionally. 
So focus on communication, try to implement these strategies. And until next time, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Mm -hmm.